Walking Well Podcast, and I am your host, Jalon Martz. I'm super excited that you're here and super grateful to have the space for us to get together and to talk and to chat it up. And I've missed you guys, you know. Um, we went on a one-ish week break that's kind of turned into two, um, but I promise I'll make it up to you. I have some really great content that I'm excited to sort of discuss with you guys this month. Um, so it's February. And if you guys know me at all, you know that I have a passion for justice. And um, one of the things that I have really sort of developed, or the Lord has really developed in me in the past couple of years, honestly, has been this um, burning passion for um, justice and race relations in the African-American community, um, among women, uh, demographics that are oppressed, the le- the least of these, the lesser than, the other, you know, um, I, I really have a, a really tender place in my heart for the people that fall into those sort of marginalized groups and just wanting the Lord's heart for them, regardless of the boxes that they check. Um, and so oftentimes, especially in our Western culture, and I can only really speak for America, um, we're not necessarily the best at, at doing right by the least of these. And so, um, you know, I really want to spend this month, Black History Month especially, uh, just talking about some of the some of the interesting aspects of, you know, race relations in the United States, um, particularly for people of color, but specifically for African Americans. Um, it is my dream to have on um, someone to sort of speak about Indigenous populations because I think that that's uh, a group that really deserves more room at the table um, to speak and, and to be heard. Um, given the land that we stand on. So um, we'll take it in little bites. So we're going to just start off with African-American history. And for this episode, um, knowing our history, I just really want to sort of take some time to educate the public, I guess, people that are less melanated, not people of color, on the kind of complicated history of Blacks, of African-Americans in this country. Um, So around 2013, 2014, Um, I went through a really interesting sort of historical dig. Um, You know, I was educated in Duval County (laughs) and it wasn't the public school system, so I can't really blame them for failing me or anything like that. But, you know, I got sort of a typical education on, you know, American history, Florida history, um, you know, and that was what I was given in high school and college. I went to the University of Florida, go Gators, um, and ended up taking um, an African-American politics class. It was pretty interesting. Learned a lot of names that I hadn't heard before in my, you know, uh, slavery, civil rights, Martin Luther King kind of understanding of the the contributions that African-Americans made to American history. Um, and so I learned a few names there. I was like, you know, it was kind of interesting. So I didn't know that before. And then as a teacher, I um, kind of got a glimpse of how limited... Uh, my students' understanding of the world was and kind of sought, and that was compared to mine, right? You know, theirs was, mine was limited and theirs was limited, or I guess, in my estimation. So I um, kind of went on this hunt. I, some of you guys have, have sort of told this story before, but 
I went on this hunt to kind of bring them more exposure through literature to people groups that they are not a part of, um, or people groups that they had sort of a one-sided perspective on. And one of the books that I picked up was 12 Years a Slave. The movie had just kind of come out. And so that was pretty accessible. It was kind of out there in the world. Teachers were using it in their classrooms. And so I picked up 12 Years a Slave and at the ripe age of 21, read it for the first time. And in reading the book, my brain was blown um, because it was a reality I had not been made aware of in high school, even though I thought I was given the gist of what happened on plantations and during slavery. Um, and in that moment of reading this book about the realities of what life on a plantation actually meant for a person with my skin color, um, learning things I had never learned, hearing things I'd never heard, um, and even kind of me being made privy to, um, different cultural customs that I could still see a fingerprint or a thumbprint on my, our modern day culture kind of surprised and shocked me. And I kind of wondered at what else is out there that I don't know about, you know, my history that has created my present. And so I kind of launched myself into this like book documentary devouring. I got to know everything. Tell me everything about everyone, you know, and, um, I started with, you know, we like Malcolm, we like Rosa, or I'm sorry, we like Martin and we like Rosa. The Black Panthers, Malcolm X, we're not a fan of. I didn't know anything about Marcus Garvey. I didn't know anything about Asada Shakur. I didn't know anything about Audre Lorde. Um, I, 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 I basically knew nothing. <laughs> because as I think about it, my understanding of Martin Luther King was even sort of sterilized, if you will. And so um, I found myself in this place of being simultaneously invigorated with pride and incensed with rage. The more that I read, the more that I watched, the more that I heard, the more exposure that I got. Um, I found myself so proud of my ancestry. You know, we had survived the Middle Passage. We had um, survived the horrors of, a, of slavery on a plantation. We had made it through Jim, the Jim Crow South and, and lynchings. You know, we um, overcame the 60s and 70s and the struggle for civil rights. Um, we had made legitimate revolutionary innovations and contributions to government and to music and the arts, to business and politics and activism. And I just had this, oh my goodness, we're, we're, we are f a phenomenal people, right? Um, but at the same time, I found myself um, enraged at the vehement and blatant oppression that um, we survived. You know, I, I found myself proud at our pride, proud at our resilience, but angered at our, at our oppression and our oppressors. Um, so, you know, finding out, I know I don't necessarily 100% fall into this group, but, you know, finding out about the Trail of Tears, about the ridiculousness of the Middle Passage and being ripped from your home country and your land and your people and your name and your culture, um, about the brutality that we suffered at the hands of our oppressors, the rape, um, the intentional killing um, and murder of our civil rights leaders and the intentional suppression of the civil rights movement. Um, I found myself, you know, angry at the, at the slaying of Fred Hampton and the targeting of the Black Panther Party and um, enraged at the war on drugs and its discriminant application um, to people of color. You know, I found myself speechless at for-profit prisons built systemically for brown and black people um, 
I find myself angry at our current tussle with police brutality and the rise of outright and subvertive white supremacy. Um, You know, I think a lot of people that are uh, less melanated (laughs) kind of at some point or other kind of find themselves asking, like, why are the black people so mad? You know, slavery happened. You know, we've got the civil rights and, you know, you are a people and you have respect and dignity. And why are you why are y'all so angry? Why are y'all so mad? Um, And to that, I'd say we have a complicated history and relationship with this country, Um, current, past as well. But we currently have a complicated history and relationship with this country. Um, You know, as I reflect on all of my reading, which I'm still doing, you know, currently I'm trying to get through Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde, who is like an auntie of my soul. Like I just identify with this woman so much. Um, and I just have this, I have a bookshelf, um, and I am a little bit nerdy. So I have, I'm a lot nerdy actually. I have, um, my bookshelf sort of organized into genres because why not? Because it needs to be organized. (laughs) And I have this whole shelf sort of dedicated to works, um, by African Americans, whether they're fiction or, um, nonfiction. And I just had this everlasting stack of things that I need to read, um, but as I do this reading, you know, and I would do this watching, I just watched this awesome documentary that was really balanced and nuanced about the Black Panther Party, um, that I can totally give you guys the name to, um, but, um, I find, have found, um, as I read, as I watch, as I listen, as I hear, as I gain exposure, I find that I sometimes have a hard time liking my country and my countrymen, um, and I, for my, this sounds kind of, I don't like saying white because sometimes, anyway, for my non-melanated listeners, I really, really, really want you to try to hear, try to hear and, um, not defend, just try to hear what I'm saying, um, it's not an, just try to hear, (laughs) so I, I find that I sometimes have a hard time liking my country and liking my countrymen, Um, and I, I I think that's because seeing is difficult. Um, the more that you are able to see, the harder it becomes to see sometimes. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, so when I moved back home, I was 20 and I, you know, had spent two years living on my own, going to college, building my own life. I left, you know, my childhood home and my parents, um, you know, being right down the hall, they hadn't, you know, hadn't left necessarily their influence, but their, their immediate presence was not an everyday thing anymore. And so when I moved back home, it was sort of an interesting, like you grew up in the Petri dish. We took you out of the Petri dish. We are now reintroducing you to the Petri dish. (laughs) Um, and it was interesting because our dynamic, the dynamic between my parents and I sort of shifted in a weird way for me. Um, I began to see my parents as people. I saw, you know, the individualness of them. They were not the mythological pillars of, you know, quote unquote, my parents, like this sort of force that hovers over your life, you know, or, you know, the heroes of your childhood or or the villains for some people. Um, they just kind of really got set in their humanness in my mind. And um, I began to see them as people who were striving and figuring things out and scraping their knuckles, trying, who had their own insecurities and fears and worries, things that they were building, things that they were tearing down in themselves. Um, And I saw their marriage as a living organism, something that these human people were making day by day in their interactions. And it kind of, 
it it reduced them down to a more sober size. You know, they they were no longer like the mythological heroes of my youth. Although I still think very highly of my parents and I honor them and I love them, cherish, respect them. They're precious to me. But they began to be more of co-sojourners in life. Um, I saw them walking along the same sort of path that I am walking, trying to figure out my life and make good decisions and leave an amazing legacy and make things easier for the people that will come after me and wrestle with my own demons and climbing my own mountains. I began to see them more along that continuum than this sort of static you know, all good, all bad kind of dynamic. Um, and that's kind of what happened for me as I began to read and to learn, as I began to um, gain more exposure to America and, and American history. Um, I think sometimes it's difficult for less melanated people to hear about their heroes and to see their shortcomings the downright ugliness and evilness in their hearts, the ways that they moved for advantage, um, the people that they oppressed to get ahead. It's it's hard to hear that the mythological um, heroes of our past were not heroes at all. Um, and I think sometimes that's why it's difficult to to see them in a more sober light. Um so for me, as an African-American, America is not my soul-saving father. She isn't the mother that raised me tenderly at her breast. You know, my history with America is a lot more ugly, a lot more trying, a lot more invasive, a lot more detrimental, um, a lot more dark. I have a more difficult time trusting and believing in America sometimes than I do. Um, I have a more difficult time defending her, if that makes sense, than I do um, lauding and praising her and wanting to keep her image shiny for all the world to see. And I think that is because I, I've seen, you know, I've seen um, and heard I've been made aware that America um, sometimes is hideous with the potential for greatness. Um, we are not yet great. We have yet to have been great. We have had shining moments, um, but we have yet to arrive. And this is not an indictment. It's merely an assessment. Um, James Baldwin, Nina Simone... Um, Audre Lorde, Zora, Neil Hurston have sort of all echoed this sentiment of I love America and because I love her, I feel the need to criticize her, feel the need to hold her up to the standard of her potential as opposed to where we currently are. So um, black people are angry. They're bothered. We are bothered. <laughs> we are upset, sometimes rioting weeping because of Fred, because of Malcolm, because of Martin, because of Philando, because of Sandra, because of Tamir, because of Trayvon, because the rhetoric for the dehumanizing of life has shifted only slightly since our lives on the plantations, um, in the Jim Crow South, in the modern day South, you know, or the North. 
depending on, you know, where you are. Um, we are angry because America has never said, I'm sorry. Because America, you have refused true repentance. Because we are still trying to have this conversation. And so knowing our history has not <laughs> um, necessarily made us any more excited or likely to defend her despite all of her blunders, intentional and non. Rather, it has whetted our appetites for true justice, for the true measure of um, the pursuit of happiness, life and liberty. It has more so whetted our appetites for our rights as laid out in the Constitution for all men and women. Um, seeing is difficult. Seeing is hard. Um, but peace and justice do not come before truth. Reconciliation does not come before truth. And so knowing American history has been a difficult journey, but it's been a necessary one. Um, I made a post a couple days ago about Fred Ham, um, Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party. And um, I said that revolution is messy, change is necessary, and legacy is worth fighting for. And so as we continue talking throughout this month about racism and justice and reconciliation, I hope that you continue to choose to hear, continue to choose to show up for difficult conversations and dialogue, um, continue to listen, um, but not just listen. Dialogue is two ways. I would really love it if you have any thoughts, any questions, if you want any resources, any reading material, anything of that nature um, to kind of widen your exposure, to widen your thought, to challenge, um, or to just say, hey, I enjoyed it. Have you thought about this or have you thought about that? To add your perspective and your voice, I would love for you to um, connect with me on Instagram. I think what I'm going to do is set up an email account so that we can continue the conversation. I'm not on Twitter. I'm very, very bad at social media, um, but I love emails. And so um, I will include in the show notes the email address that you can send questions and inquiries to and thoughts. I'd love to have um, more voices be a part of the conversation because that's how we get better, right? Exposure and conversation. So I hope this wasn't too heavy. Um, I just really wanted to sort of throw that out there, put that out there um, as just a starting point about um, what it means to know our history and what that looks like and what are some of those implications. So we're going to continue this conversation. Um, we're going to dive into other aspects. I'm sure it will get more controversial than this. So just buckle up your seatbelts. But know that I live by the rule, truth and love ride together. So everything that I share is motivated f motivated by a heart for wholeness and not just you know, my listeners, myself, my community, my nation, my country. Um, I love America. I would not want to live anywhere else. But because I love her, I want her to be the best that she can be. So I love you guys. It's going to be an awesome week. I will make up the missed week to you. Um, but you make it an amazing week. You boss it out. You'd be great. Um, I love you and we'll keep talking. Bye, guys.